You are listening to the Cover to Cover podcast with your hostess, Mary Elizabeth Jackson. Mary is an international best-selling and award-winning author, a certified special needs and disability advocate, and a speaker, and an educator. Cover to Cover features interviews with authors from around the world, resources, tips, and tricks. Whether you want to be a published author, are stuck on your writing journey, or you're looking for a new favorite book to love, we've got you covered. And now, here's Mary. Thank you for listening. I've been interviewing authors for over four years and always look forward to sharing a new author with the audience. Today, we have Ashley Davis Bush joining us. I'm so excited for her to be here with us. She is a licensed psychotherapist and currently has a small online practice. Her work focuses on couples therapy, coping with losses, healing trauma, navigating transitions, maximizing one's potential, and finding inner peace, which we all need so much every day. And um, she and her husband, Daniel, have five grown children and currently reside in Antigua, Guatemala. So we'll be asking her about that today. She also loves to sing and perform with choruses and community theaters, which we would have been best buds if we were in the same theater, I think, for sure. <laughs> She has a Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology from Smith College and a Master's in Social Work degree from Columbia University. When she was younger, she worked in community mental health in New York City for 10 years, Southern New Hampshire for 20 years, and now she lives and works in Antigua, Guatemala. Like I said before, it's super awesome. Um, we are going to be featuring Light and Loss, a spiritual guide for comfort, hope, and healing. Now, she has several more books that you need to go check out when you go visit either her website or on Amazon. But today's feature book is Light After Loss, a spiritual guide for comfort, hope, and healing. This book is an essential guide to grief and loss. And it helps to shine light into the darkness and illuminates the lifelong journey of integrating loss into life, which so many of us have experienced over the last several years. Absolutely. So this is going to be really important for all of us to listen to. It's a spiritual companion to higher healing that offers a shift, a redirection from pain and suffering to the sacred qualities of compassion, love, connection, gratitude, and transformation. Ashley Davis Bush takes seminal transcending loss, her grief, she takes her grief model and elevates it to a new level by providing a light-filled lens with which to process and metabolize loss. She takes us to a higher dimension of, she takes us to a higher dimension of healing, which provides an essential balm to the shattered heart. In this book, she uses five different light shift practices to integrate into your life every day. So we're going to jump right in and talk to her and ask her about what those are and how to use them. So Ashley, welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you here. Thank you. It is my pleasure. Absolutely. Well, I want to know what led you to write this book because, you know, a lot of times when people write books like this, it's because they've suffered their own loss in their life. Mm -hmm. uh, but is yours that, or is it a combination uh, or specifically the loss and grief that your clients have suffered that led you to say, I have to write this book? 
Right, right. Well, actually, this is my 10th book. Ooh, and girl. I know, right? Like yeah. over 25 years. And my very first book was called Transcending Loss. And it was a loss book. And then I've also written one called Hope and Healing for Transcending Loss, which is a daily reader. So this is my third grief book. And believe me, I thought I had said everything I needed to say about getting over loss and, and integrating it because you never really get over it. You learn to live with it. But the way I got into loss as my specialty in the first place was really as a, it was not a personal experience that drove me there. Although I would say that growing up with my parents getting divorced when I was young, that was certainly a big loss up front in the seventies when most parents were not getting divorced. But nevertheless, it was more when I started my training as a psychotherapist way back um, in the late eighties. My very first client was a trauma grief, complicated grief case, and her um, sister had been murdered. And she was my very first client. And I walk into this. I've never really sat with a client before, never done the work. But right away, I just knew this is what I'm supposed to do. It was a calling that became crystal clear. I'm supposed to do this work. So I started to do that work. And my first book was about loss. Now, fast forward to 2020, I thought I was done writing books. My husband and I had just moved to Antigua, Guatemala, which I can tell you more about because it's an amazing place. Um, but I really had no intention of writing another book. And then the pandemic happened. And Guatemala shut down for six months. The airport was completely closed. And I had a lot more time on my hands than I expected because I thought I would be exploring this fabulous new culture and studying Spanish. And as it turns out, we were kind of locked down in our home. And the idea for this book just started to trickle in, literally in my dreams. I would wake up in the morning and I'd have ideas for it that I would write down. So it just started to emerge, realizing that I had more to say about this after a 25, 30-year career. And then I suddenly had the time to do it. So the pandemic really created the space for me to write this book. That is amazing. And you know, that's not an unusual story coming out of the pandemic as you, when we talk to creators and authors, right. And then look at how YouTube blew up, you know? So I, I love that that was spirit talking to you saying, you've got to write this for people. And what a blessing for the, those of us who get to read it and get to learn from you. And then, you know, on that note, what, what is it that you hope people will take away from this, but since you've written several books about grief and loss. What do you hope people will take away from this particular book that you've written? Mm -hmm. Well, I hope they will take away hope that they will see that there are ways to take even very tragic losses, really dark, painful stuff and transmute it into something light and good and helpful in the world, that it is possible to do that. And yes, you have to feel deep, deep sorrow and go through the grieving process that that can't be bypassed. But the message of the book is really that there is light in the darkness and that love and goodness and compassion and meaning in the world are potential byproducts out of deep pain. Mm. You know, I mean, and you said it in the beginning you know, people don't really ever get over it. It's something like we, we get used to it. We, we just kind of, we kind of 
we, well, we're adaptable, right? So we just kind of adapt to it and we just move forward unless it keeps you frozen in a space that you can't move forward. So we really hope, you know, that you'll go to Amazon and you'll buy this book from the, the, writing it from the depths of what she knows and her expertise to help others. It's very, very important. And we hope that you'll, you know, find hope again and know that you can go on. It's very, very important to keep going and not to just let it totally freeze you up or, you know, it, it just help make you put you in a place where you can't move forward to do anything in your life. Cause most exactly. of us have people who still need us. Well, that's right. And that you're still here for a reason as someone who's suffered a loss and complicated grief is when people really just shut down, freeze. Uh, they are unable to continue living. So this book is really about making the decision to continue living, knowing that love is stronger than death and that your loved one is very much still part of your life and in your heart eternally. And so the relationship doesn't end just because the person gone is gone doesn't mean the relationship is over. In fact, it's very much still there. And that relationship can give you energy and fuel to continue your work on the planet earth while you're still here. That's so beautiful. Thank you for saying that because hopefully that'll give somebody who's listening today hope. Um, and, um, knowing that, you know, that person is still very much alive in their life, even though they aren't physically present, their energy is still there because energy never dies. It never ends. It continues on. And so I, I don't know about you, but I know for me, every once in a while, there'll be a sound or a smell or just that feeling of like my grandmother. And I know that sounds kind of cliche, you know, but that it's a childhood memory that's there with me. That's, that's never gone away. And it's like, wow. Okay. That reminds me of my granny and, and uh, so I'm like, oh, she must be here right now. And it's very comforting, you know, to, to yes. feel that it, yeah. No, it absolutely is that she's a part of you. And maybe that's a sign of her coming to be with you in that moment, or maybe it's a memory getting triggered. But either way, it's something so dear that she's part of who you are. She's part of your life, your history, your love. That doesn't go away. And so I think it's important for people to know that they move forward with the loved one, with their loved one beside them, within them, and that doesn't go away. So, you know, people take their pain and they they have to feel it. And that's part of the initial journey of, of grief work. But then there are all sorts of choices as time goes by of how do you use that pain? What do you do with that pain? What do you insist? And how can you alchemize that pain into something positive? Mm. Well, and that the word for that is resiliency, right? How will you be resilient in your life? Can you talk to us for a moment about um, one or two of the five steps that, that you, you feature in the book uh, that people could, is there anything people could take away today to start, you know, today using? Oh, absolutely. Well, first of all, the light shift practices are woven throughout, and there are actually five light shift practices at the end of each chapter. So it isn't exactly five steps. It's practices woven throughout the book again and again. 
The idea is um, based on neuroscience and neuroplasticity, which is that we know that what you focus on grows, what you pay attention to expands, and what you focus on determines your mood. So one example would be, and this this is sort of um, comes over time, but being able to sit with a photograph, for example, a photograph of your loved one, and look at the photograph really with intention and spend time remembering what that experience was and letting yourself feel gratitude for it, for that moment of life, for that moment of connection, that whatever it was, whether it was on a vacation or a holiday or just a daily picture, to really soak that in, to remember that your life was better for having loved that person and known that person. Um, so that's a, a mini light shift. As I said, there are lots of practices in the book. So light shifts are not just practices, though. They're perspectives, the perspective that you're going to shift toward the light. And for me, light is a metaphor for goodness and love and positivity and gratitude. And um, so it's the this idea of turning your attention again and again, making these shifts so that you're creating neural pathways of better feelings rather than neural pathways of just sh uh, shame or grief or regret or anger. One question I like to ask people, Mary, is that I'll ask people the question, if I could take away all your pain, I could absolutely erase it right now with my magic wand, you would feel no more sorrow or no more tears, no more sadness, no more depression. But the catch is that you would never have known your loved one, never met them, never knew them, never encountered them on planet Earth. Would you want that bargain? Most people say no, they would not. They would rather to, to have loved their loved one, even though it hurts now. So that also is just a light shift perspective to realize that, oh, this is really painful, but life would have been so much worse if I hadn't known them, loved them, benefited from that relationship. So that's really important to help people clarify and get clarity on. And that's a shift in perspective. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. That helps you shift your perspective. Because just going back to this idea of they're physically not here, but guess what? Relationships are spiritual, emotional, and physical. And so you still have these other components. Like you said, energy doesn't die. So you still have the energetic relationship, the spiritual relationship, and the emotional relationship. It's ongoing. Right. Absolutely. And okay, so... <clears throat> I, if you, will you read a couple of your, cause I have your examples here of your light shift perspectives. Will you read several of them? Absolutely. Yes. Um, and you're talking about, let me just find it in the page in the book. Some of the perspectives, well, I'm not finding them right now. I think, Maybe they're near, I think they're near the beginning. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Because I was uh -huh. reading through and I was like, oh, I love these. <laughs> because we need reminders every day. You know, we can go along and we're okay. And then all of a sudden a memory pops up or maybe you don't have such a great day. And people, a lot of people can spiral faster, easier into a negative space than prior to the pandemic. Right. Everybody's worn out. Your, you know, your threshold for what you can put up with is very, you know, it's just almost not there anymore. You know, we don't I have know. that. Oh, we don't okay, have I the bandwidth. Huh? We don't have the bandwidth. We like the energy field sort of left. But the good news is that we can replenish. And that's what it's all about, that even when you get depleted, you need to replenish. So some of the light shift perspectives that you're referencing are things like there's more to life and death than what you can see. 
that um, basically you need to shift into this idea. There's a lot I don't know. There's a lot I can't understand. Embracing the unknown is another piece to that. To be able to just embrace mystery, to say, I, I can't figure all this out. No one could totally prove what's happening on the other side. So why not embrace the unknown and to um, to have that open up possibility? Um, this idea that love is stronger than death, which we've talked about, that souls reunite after death. Now, this is another one where some people will take that on full throttle and other people will say, well, I don't know about that. But again, why not embrace the mystery? Why not hold out the possibility? I've seen for over 30 years people working with signs that they get from the beyond and I am certainly a believer. There's no question in my mind anymore that people, I mean, I've actually had spirits in the room with us at different times when I'm in a session with people. Of course, that was pre doing Zoom. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess the, the spirits can be with us even on Zoom, but I've had it actually happen where lights went on and off in my room with someone there where we were getting some connection from the other side. So trying to just open up your world that really what death can do is sort of blow everything open. And when you are in a position of saying, what can I learn from this? Um, what am I, what, what, how is this working for me and not just to me? What's the invitation here? Those are all setting you up for light shifts. Absolutely. And these are really great. You know, it, if you are suffering grief or loss or somebody that you know is, then you, you know, you need to go grab a copy of this book, Light After Loss, A Spiritual Guide for Comfort, Hope, and Healing. And it, it's very, very important. It's by Ashley Davis Bush. There's so many gold nuggets in here. There is, uh, you know, just so much that we can learn and be reminded of sometimes things that we already know, but we have either shoved down or we've chosen to forget, or we've just forgotten because maybe sometimes the loss of the grief is just too much to deal with. And uh, I, you know, I know for my little guy, you know, I think little people experience more death possibly during the pandemic than maybe what they would have in their life. And we, we bought, we lost, you know, a couple of family members and um, you know, so he's nine and there's the fascination with heaven and death. And mm. we've had many conversations for many years about this. It, you know, the latest one was um, mom, when, when you're in heaven, are we, are, do we have clothes on? And so I said, well, let's call your grandmother. Cause my mother had a near death experience when I was a child. And so she said, mm. well, we had robes on like in the old biblical time, you know, the old biblical pictures. And then my son's response was, Phew, at least we won't be naked. So, you know, <laughs> Now he's told me that it's uh, only boys can be naked in heaven. So, you know, we'll, we'll go with that, right? <laughs> That's so cute. But it's so important that you're talking to your nine-year-old son about these. These are very important things to be talking about. A lot of children grow up not having permission to both grieve, to ask questions, to wonder. And it's, I mean, imagine if we have a whole new a generation of people who can talk about death and dying, who can experience grief and pain, who are not afraid to feel their feelings and are not afraid to embrace possibilities. So I think, you know, kudos to you that you're raising him with that kind of awareness. Oh, thank you. Well, we do have to talk about things, right? I mean, it's so important. And to make family strong, to make that 
you know, it, it, that's part of, I think, um, strengthening that those relationships and making family strong again, because that is so important right now. The world, we want the world to support the family unit. And those are our first relationships in life. So it's super, super mm-hmm. important that we teach our children, hey, this is where you first learn how to communicate and work with others and cooperate and learn how to be nice. And if you're not feeling nice to talk about it. Talk about what's bothering you, you know, and then make up and go on, but keep building and communicating. And, and that starts at home in the very beginning. And it starts. It really does. It really does. And I can't tell you how many grievers I've worked with who have childhood memories of not being allowed to go to funerals, like the funeral of their grandparents. They were, uh, you know, I suppose, well-meaning parents at the time wanted to protect quote unquote, their children. And so they didn't let them participate in the grieving and the dying. And of course, that didn't work out so well because the kids were still aware of what was happening and they felt that they were missing out and they weren't given opportunities to have voice to their experience or just to ask questions. And maybe there aren't always answers to the questions, but the questions still need to be asked. Right. Why do we put the body in a box in the ground? Why do we dig a hole? You know, why are there, uh, you know, one of my uncles had a military setup. So why are there, you know, why are there people shooting a gun? You know, mm-hmm. there's a life experience that, you know, why, you know, my, my father was cremated. So, you know, why are we putting him in the earth? Why is there an urn? Why does mom have a little tiny, you know, urn with ashes mm-hmm. from, from granddaddy, you know, and my girls sang at both their grandfather's funeral which was really hard for them, but also an incredible honor to those that are still here, to my, my stepmother, to my, my mother-in-law, it meant everything to them for them to, to honor them that way. So that's a special memory that we have in our family and they have in their lives, you know, so you, you have to suck it up sometimes and do something for someone else to honor them even though you feel what you feel, but you still need to get, take all that and, and honor that other person. So, yeah. you know, that just reminded me, I'm a singer uh, myself and I've sung my whole life, but I, my sister-in-law died. Unfortunately, she was in her forties uh, at the time, but I actually sang Amazing Grace at her wedding mm-hmm. to my brother-in-law. And then I sang Amazing Grace at her funeral as well, which was so powerful and profound. Wow. And, uh, you know, spirit helped me do that so that I wasn't just in tears through the whole thing. Cause she was a, you know, a young woman and died sooner than she ought to have. So anyway, but yeah, it's, it's powerful stuff. And it's, it's a universal experience. If grief Grief shows up in lots of ways. It's not always the death of a person that you love that's on top. It may be you've lost a job. It may be losses in the pandemic. It may be financial loss. It may be you're moving in a home. Light after loss is specifically about the death of a loved one, but really the principles can be applied to anything. That when you start to see opportunity in whatever has occurred in your life, you start to find light out of darkness. And you heard it right here out of Ashley's mouth and you need to go grab her book. Let everybody know where they can find you. Yes. Well, I have a website, which is www.ashleydavisbush.com. And that's ashleydavisbush.com. I have free articles there and videos and all sorts of resources for people and links to either contact me or to buy one of my 10 books. 
All right. Yes. And this one we feature today again is Light After Loss, a spiritual guide for comfort, hope, and healing. A definite must have in your uh, your library and for your yourself, your family are a gift for anyone that you know that's, that's suffering that uh, loss or grief of any kind, which can come in all different sh- sizes, shapes, forms, all those fun words. <laughs> and um, so tell us real quick, because I know um, we're just about done here. Your move to Antigua was because... Yes. Well, uh, I had lived in New Hampshire, and I still come back and forth to New Hampshire at times, but uh, for 25 years almost, and I was so tired of the winters. Uh, The winters of New Hampshire, they just were too much. So my husband and I were waiting, waiting, waiting till we launched the last child. And the second we lost the launch, the last child, we moved to Antigua, Guatemala, which is a place where we had vacationed for quite a few years before then. And we just fell in love with the culture, has a deep Mayan tradition, beautiful people, colors, music, fiesta, the whole culture is like one big party. We love it there. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have to come visit. I don't have to visit. Absolutely. I need to come visit because, you know, actually, you know, we should be doing that ourselves, my husband and I, but we're still raising a child. I'm like, I'm still in the elementary school world. Oh my gosh. So it's like crazy because I, you know, I have friends with grandchildren, you know, so. (laughs) Well, every stage of life has, you know, beautiful blessings, pros and cons. Um, But I will tell you that when the empty nest comes for you, you will probably love it because it just gives you lots of freedom and flexibility and you still get to visit your kids and it's it's just all good it's the best of all worlds well listen thank you so much for joining us today i just absolutely love this i i want everybody who's listening to go out and get her book light after loss a spiritual guide for comfort hope and healing thank you for being a part of our audience today Please subscribe, like, and share the podcast with your friends and tune in for the next episode of Cover to Cover for all things in the author world.